So, Angelica, welcome to the Hustle of Houses podcast. How are you today? I am very well, Callum. Thank you so much for having me on. No problem at all. Thank you for coming on. So, for people who don't know who you are, Angelica, who are you and what do you do? So, I am Angelica Sacrope. I'm 28 years old. I'm based in central London and I specialise in BRRs in Birmingham. So, my background, I start with an architectural degree from the University of Nottingham. And I worked in a couple of practices in the UK and then I moved to New Zealand where I then worked over there across some projects that were like multi-residential developments. Um, we even did a commercial project, we built a school in Brisbane. So that was all very exciting. And then when I moved back to the UK, I thought I wanted to try something different. So I ended up going down the route of set designing in the film industry. And that is even more creative than I think architecture. I felt a little bit restricted in yeah. practice. So being able to sort of design um, a little bit more creatively was really, really nice. And then I've got a lot of experience project well, overseeing the project build or like the set build, being on the stages with the carpenters, painters, that was all really good fun. And actually watching your own drawing come to life. So yeah. After doing all like, the plans and 3D modeling and you've spent hours looking at your screen to actually see it come alive is, is magic. Yeah. So property's been in from quite early then, even though it's not directly invested, you've been involved in, in sort of yeah. projects and stuff like that quite early. Definitely. I think when I was a child, this is such a weird fact, but I used to draw houses, not like normal kids. I used to draw them in floor plan. <laughs> <laughs> I and that. I used to have like, I always had like an open plan. I was on this open plan wave from way back in like 1997 or whatever. So <laughs> um, yeah, I'd have an L-shaped sofa and then I'd always have like a slide from my bedroom window straight to the pool, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So you've always been passionate about it then? Yes. And then I think my mom used to take me with her to work sometimes and she'd work in some really nice houses. So I used to just sit and observe and think, oh, that's nice. I might have that couch when I'm older. <laughs> so it was a case, was it a case of leaving school and then straight into sort of your university doing what you did there? Yeah. And architecture as a degree is intense. Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. But it's it's, it's definitely obviously benefited, benefited you along the way. Yeah. Um, so obviously you live in central London. Expensive. Mm. <laughs> and, you... <laughs> and you invest in Birmingham. Yes. How is that for you? Well, the where it actually started and the reason I chose Birmingham is because initially I was looking at buying my mum's flat in central London and we had basically tried to do the process twice. But then because of my, the way that my contracts were working with the film industry, every time they wanted new payslips, it was always at like a pause or a, a break. And I was like, no, it's just not working out. So then I had a rethink and I, I said to myself, is it actually sensible to buy a house in which you live in? And then I started thinking, you know, the whole rich dad, poor dad mentality of going for assets rather than liabilities. And I said, look, I'm going to grow my own rental portfolio that's what I'm going to do but I can't do it in London so where is the kind of furthest but nearest place where I can get cheaper housing but the market is still really good and I think Birmingham is a fantastic city that has a really great balance of good yields from up north meets good mm -hmm. capital appreciation from the south and you know you've got universities there's a lot of businesses there good transport links when HS2 finally gets done I think it's going to help the area a lot 
and a lot of property strategies work in Birmingham. So I thought, perfect, let's go there. Yeah. And it's still relatively, you can get there relatively quick from London. You know, it's a few hours out. You can still get there relatively yeah. compared to up north where, you know, it's, it's a fair old way, isn't it? I don't mind a two hour drive. I just crank up the volume on my tunes and I'm good to go. I actually love driving. <laughs> um, so just taking it back to when you've done you, a set designer, that, that's an incredible, incredible job. But how how did, did you take much from that into your, into your property? Do you know what? I almost look at houses as just like real life sets, yeah. but you have to make them future proof. Whereas with a set, you could just <laughs> take it down after like two weeks and it's like building a house with matchsticks really. But um, the project management side of things where you've got a lot of communication around everything, all the details that go into being having something built, Communication is so, so key because if you get one thing wrong and they've built the set wrong, then you're screwed. Um, and that's even down to like one measurement that's off on a plan or something like that. Yeah. Um, when, when it comes to coordinating multiple people as well, making sure that the carpenters know what they're doing and that works well to when the painters want to start their work. In terms of like project coordination, that's going to be super helpful for a refurb. And if I'm able to do that and use those skills to manage refurbs for other people, That'll be, you know, brilliant. So there are many, many skills that cross over. Um, I think even now, I just said I said to my a few builders that oh, I'm going to get the plans and specifications over to you, all the way down to like me having selected sockets and like pendants, and they were like, that is life changing for us. Usually, people are so vague, but I think I know how important like being specific is. Yeah. Is it that is it that sort of deep on the on the set of the of the film? Are you, are you choosing like in terms of colors of all stuff or stuff like that? So it it is literally, is it is it pretty much the same in terms of that? Or yeah, you have to like if I'm trying to think of one specific one, you're thinking of you know wallpapers, trim colors. What kind of handles are we going for? How are you going to, if the if the actor has to open a door, which way are they going to open it? How is the camera going to shoot through that cupboard or something like that? You need camera traps, um, which is quite cool. cool. Being able to float walls out. So you have to be able to remove a whole wall so that the camera can get in for a certain angle, but then it needs to be there for other shots and making that possible. That's incredible. So how long was you doing that for then? Was that a few years? That was oh, straight after covid and yeah straight after covid so it was when we had like masks on and everything yeah yeah so then and then you obviously come out of that found property and and where did it start from there then i imagine you got some education and stuff like that yeah so i started looking seriously for myself at the beginning of this year and it was at the start of this year that i thought do you know what i'm better off trying to learn, like get some knowledge about this i want to know what is a good investment what am i really doing yeah instead of jumping in you know straight in there and i was watching loads of videos on what i call youtube university and i stumbled across jamie york and so i thought you know he's really informative and then i did one of his webinars and i ended up joining their epta training program which was like a 12-week course and it was full of value and I honestly was like wow I've learned so much yeah. and it's really equipped me with the knowledge and skills I need to be able to move forward with my own investment so I then joined the academy and I'm still currently on it now 
and that was just you know I've been in the academy since July but honestly the amount of knowledge I've gained from doing that I think if anyone had 10k I think invest in yourself first and then go to property um it's so so valuable and the community around you the network is powerful so then when it got to July this year there were up, up until July I was still running to, trying to do both trying to do property and trying to do film yeah. then there were film strikes so there was a period where the writers unions were striking and no, all productions had halted and I just thought what am I going to do now let me just fully immerse all my time and energy into my new business that I've started and it kind of lent it just kind of opened up so many doors because I was putting in like you know 24 hours a day I could do what I wanted I could work on my business when I wanted to it opened up my schedule a little bit and I felt like I'd built really good momentum yeah. to the point where I was like if I if, if I even try to think about juggling another film job alongside this I think it would be quite uh, detrimental to my progress so yeah. I'm sticking it out it's not been easy because it means having to forego pay since July yeah. but I, I know it's going to pay off like I have that self-belief and things are happening like I am seeing I'm, I'm, I'm sure you I'm sure it will it looks like you're doing really really well um and so obviously you're investing HMOs, aren't you? Is that right? Are you doing a mixture of both HMOs and single lets or? Single lets ideally or primarily. This one happened to be a HMO because of the, my JV partner. So my JV partner has got experience in HMOs. Yeah. And when we looked at this deal initially as a single let together, I think in terms of returns with what we were going to do anyway to try and turn it into a single let, we had to reinstate one of the bedrooms, which weren't being used as a bedroom at all it was actually just storage which was a big waste so even in reinstating that third bedroom the amount of work required we just thought let's just add a little bit extra do it as a HMO we can rent it out room by room and you know I trust that he's got the experience as well like 25 years he's been in property so yeah um I think for a first one that would help and it would help a bit with cash flow too wouldn't it so yeah that's it most definitely most definitely and like you say with the um just touching back on when you were doing the project management side of things, when I got my first property, I, I didn't realize how important that was. Like, I didn't even, because I didn't have much, I had little bits of education webinars here and there, but not really full-on education. So I, I couldn't I couldn't process them in mind, the project management thing. So being doing what you've done mm. is, is massive beyond, beyond what you probably know, to be honest. Because when, like I say, when I first done it, I was getting the uh, the plastering done and the electrics, just stupid things, just stupid things like that, which I didn't even think at the time. And it was, yeah, it, it, was, it was stressful. But so Birmingham, then where about in Birmingham? Is it that you're in, you're in Beston? Primarily in the south of Birmingham, south, yeah. southwest, but there are pockets in the northwest um, and yeah. there are other pockets as well that I would look into. I've kind of highlighted some as my goldmine areas, but I've become really, really knowledgeable about um, South Birmingham. Yeah, and I know obviously designs are a, a massive thing for you. Yeah. What are some what are some tips, especially obviously you're looking looking to get into HMOs and whatever. What are some tips around design? Because I know design. It again, I've only ever done single lets. I'm moving into HMOs, and design scares me a little bit. Mm -hmm. it, it's completely different to to what you used to. You used to just you know white walls, kind of. Um, Making it good to go, but HMOs, it's a, it's a different kettle of fish. 
due to desire, in my opinion. You know, it's a place that is as communal spaces and these are people who don't know each other. So they're going to need to want to spend time in these zones. Um, I think making it feel welcoming, inviting, be a bit different with the styling. I don't want to just be sat in a, a white box talking to like three other people. You want it to feel kind of homely in a way. And I think people will pay for that. If, if they've got a house that is a little bit more pricier, but it looks and feels nicer, absolutely people will pay for that. Um, what I found is with HMOs, the terrace house I'm doing at the moment, it's so bloody old that I'm like, they haven't even got sockets upstairs in the hallway, right? So you're thinking, why would you need a socket in the hallway? Well, I'm like, who, how are you going to vacuum? If if everyone's locked their doors and a cleaner comes in, how's she going to plug in her vacuum cleaner? Like You need to think of things like that. They might just have one light pendant above the light, the, the, what do you call it, the stairwell. But then poor bloke at the end of the corridor has got no light when he's trying to come out of his room at night. So small things like that i think en suites make a really big difference but i don't think if an ensuite then makes a room really cramped i don't think it's worth it i think people want to have a good living area i mean if there's enough space to like lie down on the floor and stretch and do a yoga then that's good um yeah. design i think flow is really important with a hmo yeah with any property flow and usability of space does it serve its function? Is it is it useful for that to be there? Um, creating zones and mapping is really helpful, and I love to do that in the design process. It's yeah, uh, you know, you might have a really big living room, and usually some people just shove a sofa right against the wall, and then they'll just have like a table randomly in the middle of the room, and just expect that that's how it's going to work. But you have to separate areas for different activities. And then almost design those spaces as mini spaces within a bigger space. Yeah, you you've clearly you know you clearly are passionate about design and I love design and like you mentioned before you've been doing floor plans since it, since a kid and stuff like that. Do you think do you think like again it it scares me a little bit. Do you think it's in my position should I be getting someone in for the design? Should I be having a go myself? I don't think I think it's a quite professional thing, isn't it? What are your thoughts on that? What scares you about it? Um, more just messing it up, really. Just everything. It, there's so much aspects to design. It's obviously not just the colours on the wall. It's like you said. It's it's getting an ensuite set places, making sure it's in the right place. Well, it's me. I, I'd always get someone in personally, especially with HMOs. But I, I. I'd probably just whack an ensuite there and be like, okay, there's enough space here, but there's more intelligent ways to do it. Yes, and I think, I guess maybe what the fear is is that you're going to do before and after pictures and people are going to be like, well, what is that? <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Um, I think spatial design mm -hmm. and then interior design is two different things, right? Yeah. You, you can make a space so different like i saw a video on instagram and it's it's super crazy how it looked like your eye works and paint illusions the way that you can change the feeling of a room just by which wall you paint or how many walls you paint so yeah. for example if you paint a darker ceiling on a room if you've got a really tall ceiling like a 2.9 meter ceiling and that's supposed to be a bedroom that can feel quite big and airy 
Mm. And when you're sleeping, that feels like you're just in a big empty room. If you paint the ceiling dark, you're going to give the impression that the ceiling is lower. That makes it feel a bit cosier. If you want to sort of tighten a room, you'd paint the two side walls darker than the, the back wall. That makes the room then feel like it's squished in a little bit. So yeah. if you want to enlarge a room or if you want to make it feel stretched and wider, there's other ways to do that. So that's interior design. Spatial design, like you say, maximizing a room which might be really small but positioning the ensuite in a certain way so that you can have a longer wall here to put the headboard against and then maybe this is where their desk could go rather than it being really weird and uncomfortable and they have to like wiggle their legs in a really small space so that they can just get to their cupboard yeah yeah, yeah. well that's it I, I love the tips on the paint and i've seen stuff like that in the um i've seen stuff like that on instagram and where we are um there is a lot of old sort of victorian high ceilings and like you say it, it does i i'd lived in one for a little bit and you do feel like you're just sleeping in a big box and i, I never even thought of that at the time but now that you said it it definitely resonates um so obviously you're quite early on but you're absolutely smashing it you're doing really well what advice is it that you would give to someone who's, who's just starting out obviously education is is massive for you is, is is that what you'd say potentially or yeah education is massive and network so the people around you everyone has their own little specialty right i if anyone came to me with a design question, I'd be more than happy to help. So it's important to utilize those people around you. If you're not confident in design for a HMO, definitely go out there and seek professional or pay for an architect. Or you might actually know someone who has a background in design and it might not be like architecture, it might be graphic design, but they're gonna have a better eye than you. Um, they're gonna have a better eye than you. So ask them if, if you don't know anything about building, find a builder um, and someone you might know in your family or your network who could help you uh, just want and you know even how much a boiler might cost to replace or yeah. if you had to change all the radiators what does that entail and not being afraid to ask i think people feel like they're on their own all the time but closed let me get this right <laughs> closed mouths don't get fed so you have to ask and people will will help you yeah, most definitely. And you're clearly practicing what you preach. I've seen you on, on your Instagram with builders and stuff like that, having a chat and, and, and obviously getting stuff done. Oh, Callum, every day is a learning day. I will be learning until I'm 99. <laughs> and, and with the networking thing as well, I've seen you, you're active. You, you, is it Savoy's? It is, isn't it? That you... Yeah, I went to a Savoy's event. I was at the House of Laws. So that was really cool. They, they look absolutely booming, them events. I definitely need to get to one. Yeah, it's such a vibe. Yeah, it looks it looks an absolute vibe. So, um, yeah. So, what 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 are your plans for twenty twenty four then, Angelica? Buy more houses. I'm that? gonna hopefully you know have this first project done, and I would love to be able to uh, grow my own portfolio. I think yeah. if I could get some more bespoke clients, ones mm. who want me to do that for them, that would be brilliant. But do you know what? and I'm sure most people who are actively investing in property will say this, it's you know, raising finance, building those loyal investors who know that if you're on the end of the phone that you're probably there with an opportunity and that they can jump in and help you. So continuing to build up that list of contacts as well. 
Yeah, you've also also got my extra revenue, your, your company. Is that where you're looking to grow in 2024? Yeah, I want I want Mercury Living's property to portfolio to have you know multiple buy selects in there. I want them to all look beautiful. I almost want people to see a property and think, I think Angelica's designed that one. So yeah. a bit of a identity to each property. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, there's like you say, there's art design is an amazing thing. You've got the likes of like B space and stuff like that. Who they've definitely got their own. They've set their own way out, and they and they do it. And you can tell when it's one of theirs. And yeah, amazing, especially in the HMOs as well. Like I say, um, one thing I was going to mention is I was looking at your Instagram and I seen um the floor plan. What what is that? I need to get on that because that looks amazing. The floor plan sort of app that you mentioned. At this point, Magic Plan the app needs to sponsor me. <laughs> the amount of recommendations I've handed out for this app. So it's it's a it's an app called Magic Plan, and it basically lets you build uh, your floor plan really easily with an iPad or a yeah. mobile, but do it on an iPad. And yeah. it's super helpful because you can actually sync it up to your laser. Now everyone asks me what laser do I use for this, and I'm just going to say it now. So it's a I use a, a Leica Disto D2. Now you can use any laser as long as it's bluetooth compatible but leica is a really good brand i got my second hand off ebay and it works a charm you just hook up the bluetooth to the ipad and in your floor plan you can just start measuring away in real life and it will start adjusting all the walls to the right sizes for you wow. you can see it 3d you can then create your um, pdfs for documentation you can even do elevations in there as well and um, i haven't quite worked out in terms of having to do like renders i don't know you probably have to export that out but then that's getting a bit technical but as a starting point yeah great help yeah i'm definitely gonna i've been looking for one for a little while and then i seen your when i was looking through the page i seen it i was like i, I need to get on that and find out what it is um so with this project that you're doing now then what are some what are some learnings that you, you've had obviously education is amazing it's massive but there's some things that you just simply don't learn until you are on the job and you and you're getting busy with stuff. Is is there anything that has been quite an eye opener or learnings for you on this project? I think with this particular project, hmm, interesting. Do you know what it is? I think in general, it's the when people say, "Oh yeah," then the conveyancing thing happens, or or then the bridging happens, but then you never really know what does that look like until you're deep in it and when you've got the say the bridging people asking you yeah. a million questions now I, i'm not bridging on this project but i did attempt to bridge another project before i pulled out of it and that's you, you know you have to tick all the boxes there's a lot of hoops to jump through and yeah. it varies from lend, lender to lender as well so some people might not understand that they might not factor in costs for that as well so you know a survey for a bridge is completely more expensive than a regular survey and um, conveyancing as well like what okay so here's here's my documentation yes i'm going to buy the property and it's easy as that sometimes it's not i think it can become a bit more complicated delays can happen things can change that might postpone your solicitors being able to work you know if the vendors solicitors are being slow with something or they've not issued at something and they can't move forwards with yeah, then it becomes really slow. I'm just trying to think with this particular project if there's been anything major. Mm. It's a cash purchase, so the turnaround is a lot quicker. And I'm just 
racing to get all my tender documents together so I could get a quote and choose builder, you know, ASAP. Yeah. Maybe people forget to, yeah, I don't know. For me, I'm like a time management. I'm quite good with time management. Yeah. I'm not. Maybe. Yeah. Right. So when, how do you find it when you, you're like, if someone said to you, okay, the house is going to complete in three weeks time. Like, yeah. is it all guns blazing? Are you going out and, uh, I'd like to think it is. I'm on, I need. I need to get better. And to be honest, like I'm like a schedule at work. Need to get put in place for me, and then I need to start. I, I've been the, this 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 year, and my next project's coming. Out, I'm really taking it serious in terms of, like you say, you've got three weeks. Okay, uh, is it, but by the way, is the one that you you go for? Is that an auction or is it just standard? Just, uh, a regular. A regular standard, yeah. Um, Really, and I, I should be before that getting all the bills in place, getting everyone to get, even getting everyone in a group chat and just saying, "Listen, right, this is the, this is what we want, and uh, this is when we want it done by. It needs to be done at that point. This is when you get paid." Mm. Uh, but sometimes it's 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 easier said than done, and it's 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 hard. Um, and you mid project things are going wrong. You know, some things are going quicker than expected. Some, it's just it's a minefield. It's 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 very easy to to say that you're going to do this and do that but you know th things happen don't me along the and road this is why contingency is so important and contingency in every aspect time contingency um price contingency always allow a buffer because yeah. you never know and you don't want to over over promise and not being be able to deliver yeah especially especially when you've got investors on board and you're telling them one price and and you know you could ask them for more money or, or whatever, but what is your sort of contingency? How long do you tend to how long do you tend to have contingency for time bound and then for sort of refurb cost? So say, you know, for example, with a refinance, I'd predict that at the six month mark we'd be able to refinance on a project. Yeah. And you know, that can take three weeks, four weeks. Sometimes I've heard someone say that it's taken their refinance eight to twelve weeks to come through now. Yeah. Um, so I've, I allow like nine months, you know, yeah. and, but we take, so say if I was to bridge on a project, it would be 12 months and you would look to ensure that bridge was paid by nine months. And then I always say, if the refinance comes through quicker, if it comes through at the end of the sixth month, sixth month or the seventh month, then that's a bonus for us. But we'd rather work to worst case scenario than best case scenario so that we're yeah. not too optimistic and just a bit more realistic. Of course, I always think you know twenty to twenty five percent is it is a good contingency for sort of refer, mm. uh, and it's tended to be sort of like that. It's always gone over, but it's never gone over that twenty to twenty five mark, which is mm. which is happy days. Um, but so, so would you like to be in and out of a project and refinance in the bank six months or nine months? Was that six months would be ideal, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that would be great. But nine months is what you you sort of looking at. Do you think or? Yeah, I'd rather go with that and know that I could definitely achieve that. Yeah. Otherwise, your numbers are just all wrong, then, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And and how have you gone about with your team? Then obviously you've got a great builder. I've seen on your Instagram and stuff that he's he's, he's you know he knows his stuff. He's award winner stuff like that. Um, your solicitors, your mortgage advisors, and yeah, have you got a good team around you? You, you, you know your network and stuff like that. So I imagine you have. Yeah, it's about, you know, jumping on the phone or seeing who's active and who's actually taking action and 
doing good projects yeah. you know when it comes to builders look at the work yeah. who knows them who's worked with them before ask about for recommendations i think character is a massive thing as well and trusting your gut is a huge thing when it comes to your power team around you um sometimes you can speak to someone and you guys just don't speak the same language i don't know if you've ever had that you're probably you're not wrong but both of you just kind of like can't bounce ideas off each other like you more naturally would with someone else yeah. i think it's better going off with the other person and not yeah. them yeah. well a lot of the times as well because because you know you know you know your stuff you've done you've done you've done your project management you want it so do you want this you want that people people are probably a bit intimidated by that but do you, you think know, <laughs> yeah, because i think i think some will be like if i i've had some before and some are great like you've said you you've got to connect with them and you need you need someone who's on your wavelength and you you've clearly got your your, your ducks in a row and you know what you want and and that's amazing and i wish i was more like you in that sense because oh, i'm not um but it's just about you know even me getting get my first project across the line and, and showing people that that is what i am because yeah. you hear it from me and i'm sure the people that have worked with me say in film or in architecture or just know me better day to day know that but it's the investors who've never seen me or never worked with me hopefully that comes across in my work and i want my work to be proof of that yeah well it's definitely come across in this podcast like i say you can tell you, you know uh you know perfectionist if you like um yeah it's i think that's a good point to end on it's but it's been it's been lovely to have you on angelica i think 2024 looks big for you and yeah like you say it's, it's it's amazing what you you know what you're achieving and stuff like that thank you and to when, your oh go on i was going to say to your last point when you said perfectionism i think perfectionism can sometimes be a downfall right and this is another big tip to anyone who's new in property or maybe they're a perfectionist themselves, but they are already into property. You'd rather do something, and this maybe speaks more to say content on Instagram or things like that. You're going to learn so much better when you do and iterate. Now, if you don't do in the first place, then how can you iterate? How can you get feedback on anything to be able to change and do it differently next time? So for example, with content, I'd rather now post five videos that are at 85% quality that I'm happy with rather than just post one that's I'm 100% happy with because to be honest, by the time I post it, I'm going to notice something's wrong in the video and it's not going to be perfect anyway. But then at least you've got five videos out there and you can gauge which one's doing better, which one do people find more informative. And it's the same with houses. After five houses, you're going to have a hell of a lot more of an idea as you did just doing one but trying to get that pristine yeah yeah and just while we're on that quickly what are your thoughts on like you're clearly quite confident to put stuff out there and stuff like that mm. how, how was that for you was that a challenge at all or was that was that simply just in your nature was you okay putting yourself out there doing videos videoing yourself stuff like that how, how was that for you i found it okay i think at the beginning i was just like what the hell do i talk about yeah and i think everyone probably is like what the hell do I, do I talk about but then some people might be terrified of filming themselves Maybe. which a lot of people are right so just document what you can you don't have to be the you don't have to be the face of it if, if you don't want to if that if you need to grow that confidence first yeah. but people love to see process progress if you've yeah. got a refurb project on the way think about like you have to think ahead 
and I'm already thinking now I've got to get back into the property so I can shoot some before footage and do some like, cool transitions so that when it's done and I can do the second part of the second transition and it's piecing it together that way if you don't want to be talking to the camera um, yeah. if you're not so confident on camera then be really active and be a supporter online and comment on people's posts and yeah. engage and that way you build your network yeah I, you know. I can definitely vouch for that and like you were just touching on there my, my brain's like a sieve so if I if I think of something like a content I'm on, I'm on my notes and I thought right let's uh, remember that for next time but I'm getting more comfortable with it I'm not the type of person to really put myself out there I'm kind of yeah I'm I'm trying to do it now I'm trying to get better with it and the more you do it the more confident you get don't you but some people are just natural to it I'm, re I'm really good at it and, and I'm great at it but yeah. um it's something I'm trying to learn to do, and and like that's why I'm doing stuff like this, you know, the podcast and stuff like that. It gives people a, a reason to reach out, connect, and mm -hmm. and um. But like I say, Angelica, thank you for thank you for coming on. It's been brilliant having you on. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I've absolutely loved it. Oh, brilliant! And and, and like I say, you, you really know your stuff. So, um, if anyone's looking to connect with you, invest with you, or just 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 have a chat, where's best to best to connect with you, Angelica? can reach me on instagram at mercury living property so shoot me a dm and i will be happy to help you out with any questions that you have or if you want to invest with me and work with me then you can jump in the dms as well brilliant i'm sure i'll be on your case when i get the next hmo uh, design ideas yeah for sure if you've got any design questions come and ask me i'll be happy to help brilliant thank you for having on it's been a, it's been lovely you're welcome canon thank you and have a nice day you too bye now Oh,